This week on Breaking Badness, today we discuss a tangled botnet, the U.S. disabled a Chinese hacking network targeting critical infrastructure. Next up, Certificate of Participation. AnyDesk confirms that it suffered a recent cyber attack that allowed hackers to gain access to the company's production systems. And of course, our fun game, Gold Guidance and Grievances. With that, Breaking Badness is next. Welcome to Breaking Badness, episode number 178, recorded on February 12th, 2024. I'm your co-host, Callie, Aquabotnet, Fencil, and with me is co-host Taylor. We didn't mean any desk, after all, Wilkes Pierce. And last but not least, Tim, amps are more important than volts helming. Welcome, everybody. Hello, hello. You know, Callie, yeah. Uh... John Waters approves of your funny name today. Oh, yeah? <laughs> I'm so glad. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. I like. I, I haven't seen it. Hairspray in many years, or I can't even remember if I ever saw the whole thing back in the I, day. Did you, classic. See, did you see the new one? No. The newish one? No, I, I guess. Didn't. I guess at this point, it's probably, what, 10 years old at this point? Maybe more? Yeah, that's, that's still new. No. It's still new. Totally we just got the ozone layer fixed, and now and now they come out. With one of <laughs> mm, yeah. So what's what's going on? I feel like the gang is back together. It's been feels like it's been a minute. Yeah. Well, Swift on security has got to be pretty happy since uh, Travis Kelsey and company won the game yesterday. Absolutely. Yeah, that was kind of a. I don't normally. Uh, pay attention to sports but yeah it was like for a while i was like oh yeah san francisco has this locked up but uh no that's not what the script was though no because are are you saying because it's all staged it's all staged just like wrestling (laughs) (laughs) i did ask uh my husband i was like is this staged and he goes no like it's not staged but you probably will see a preference in the uh in the referees you know calling making calls for kansas i don't know i i I, as i was telling tim before we hit record i was i was knitting during this so i wasn't paying full attention didn't miss much i don't think i think you know yeah (laughs) saw some great commercials the sarah vay commercial that was on point was uh was taylor swift or her well-known boyfriend, uh, part of any of those commercials? I did not see them in any commercials. I saw Taylor Swift in the in the box. Yeah, they were very fond. They're like, "Hey, let's go look at the the box, folks, yeah. again." Yeah, <laughs> but like, I feel yeah. like total, she had probably it felt like forty-five seconds of airtime, maybe. That's actually pretty reserved on their so part, like considering ten million dollars worth, isn't it? Like seven million dollars? Yeah, probably. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like they don't they didn't show her a lot, which, you know, is fine. It is what it is. Yeah. I'm not I don't get Well, I guess they're still together. I know. That's and that's something from our uh predictions webinar we discussed was, you know, how I know, long I was trying to remember yeah. how long I uh how long I predicted them to be together. I think I was the longest. I think you were uh, too. But I don't remember how long. We I feel like have... possibly I might have said like 3 years, which wow. is just insane. 
you know, for these sorts of things. But yeah, that's that's a long time in celebrity years. I wanted to make a statement there. Well, she I think she was with Joe Alwyn for years, but I don't know. I don't know for sure. If anybody's listening and I guess, you know, Swift on Security is listening, please, please let us know. All right. Should we talk about some infos, infosec? Let's talk about some infosec. Yeah. Yeah. Let's Yay. <laughs> there is infosec. Things so, happened. Evidently. Thing, thing, yeah. Things are happening. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're first going to talk about a tangled botnet. Uh, we're going to talk about how the U.S. disabled a Chinese hacking network targeting critical infrastructure, which seems like a pretty big deal. Um, and Tim, this this article opens by you know stating that the the Justice Department and the FDI FDI FBI sought and received legal authorization to remotely disable aspects of the Chinese hacking campaign known as Volt Typhoon. What what does that process of authorization look like? Like it seems, you know, pretty in depth. Yeah, I think there's um there's a fair amount of paperwork involved. You probably have to fill out forms in triplicate. You may have to wait in a long line at some government agency, something like that. No, I I uh, jest of course, but I think the no, you you, you are... had me going there. I was like, oh, it's. Just... <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the forms is probably pretty accurate. DMV. Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, you may not have to bear down with a ballpoint pen. I suspect you can do that electronically these days. But um, certainly, court orders are involved, and when it's a, you know, it, when there are international implications, as of course there are with this one. Um, I have seen it posited that there is a five-part test that the White House should look at whenever they're authorizing the takedown of criminal malware. Uh, and that is, uh, the five parts of that are imminence, severity, overseas focus, the adversary, and military as a last-ish resort. Now, I don't know if the Cyber Command... Um, which would have been probably the, the relevant part of the military in this case, was actually involved. Some of the details about the actual takedown itself are have not really been divulged in, in a lot of detail. And that's probably very much on purpose. Um, you don't want to show your hand uh, exactly how you do these things. But anyway, the legal authorization for it is important because there's, you know, every one of these major takedowns, that happens is a precedent and it is something that's closely watched on the world stage as we as a species sort of come to grips with how uh, cyber warfare or cyber campaigns are going to play out over the the near term. And I guess why would, you know, why would you need authorization? Is it just because, you know, it's, you know, a government disabling an aspect of, of something else? Or like if it was, you know, if it was anybody else, do you need authorization? Well, I think that, uh, yes, I think that when you are seizing resources or um, carrying out enforcement actions against uh, servers and whatnot, you know, there's a due process aspect of that. Um, and there's either, you know, jurisdiction is always odd with cyber stuff, right? Because if you're talking about a server farm that's in Virginia, um, victims that are in uh, another state, and an operator that is in uh, 
third party country and maybe, you know, uh, domain registrars that are who knows where some other third party country and all that sort of stuff. It gets really, that's a bingo. I got Um, a bingo. Did you guys get a bingo? All right. Ding, ding. (laughs) Uh, yeah, he got, he got cybersecurity, cybercrime jurisdiction bingo. Um, and that's, those are some of the complexities involved. So, so yeah, you can't just, it, it would be, uh, very complicated and the potential for unintended consequences could i think be very high if elements of the u.s government could just take down anything they thought was bad um for without seeking any authorization Uh, i could envision a number of areas where that would be problematic so yeah there's there's kind of a due process for this and i think while you want to be able to move swiftly, uh, especially if there is a lot of sense that there might be an imminent event. Um, you also want to do it within the parameters of the law. Yeah, that's fair. I guess you should be, everything should be, uh, nice and buttoned up. Uh, I'm, I'm a big, well, fan. you know, you know, if, if you, if you kind of believe in the rule of law and stuff like that, which, you know, not everybody does. I know I'm a big fan of shooting from the hip. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just into it for the paperwork aspect of it, right? I think. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Uh, to, to grease the wheels of bureaucracy with as, with as much I'm, paperwork as possible. I'm picturing like somebody who has a little kid. Has, you know how little kids form those those odd attachments to random things that are inexplicable? And I can imagine some little kid getting totally into paperwork. <laughs> oh, yeah. Me too. Especially if you get to use like a cool pen. Absolutely. So just I was into to... infrastructure when I was a little kid. Were I like really? looking at all this stuff hanging off of telephone poles and on the sides of buildings and whatnot. You know, what's really funny is at, like we used to, you know, pass like, you know, you know, like those areas where, you know, they have, uh, you know, elect, what would you call it? It's like, electrical farm like that's where like all the towers are for maybe probably substations I'm yeah guessing, like a or, substation. or generation facilities something like yeah. that. yeah and as a kid i would be like when are they gonna finish building those buildings like i didn't understand <laughs> what they were <laughs> right. like, minute. they've just had Any these minute. frames there for years yeah it's like and like it's so weird to be like a little kid and be like annoyed by that it's like just finish the job already <laughs> Well, you know, originally the George Washington Bridge, which of course spans the Hudson River between New York and New Jersey, was supposed to have slab, uh, some kind of stone slabs covering the towers of it, which are this, you know, of course we all know it iconically as this latticework framework. And uh, I am so glad they never did that. Uh, it looks way cooler the way it is. It's, it's my favorite bridge far and away. I'm going to have to check that out. You're going to have to, or send me a picture. No, I'll check it out. I'll do it. I don't want to make you do work. It's a really good one. (laughs) So, you know, speaking of, you know, shooting from the hip and everything, I like jumped into this article, but just to backtrack a bit, I don't think we've touched on Volt Typhoon on the podcast in the past. Like looking, looking at, you know, previous show notes, you know, we've, we've touched on it, but, you know, we've not dedicated an episode to you know talking about that so what what can you tell us about this group it's really quite shocking that we haven't actually <laughs> well i played. 
I don't have it. You know, what's your excuse, Tay Tay? <laughs> I wasn't here that week. You were. He wasn't here during Volt Typhoon Week. Yeah. Yeah. No, didn't we so, do Volt Typhoon Lagoon? That's what this episode's called. Because that's the, you know, like we said it in passing. I said, oh, Volt Typhoon Lagoon. I'm, sure, I'm like, I'm sure that'll come back up at some point. And, and I'm like, that's what this episode's going to be called. Oh, I guess the Sometimes the episode just basically names itself. Those are the, gr- so, the great, greatest weeks. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so let's talk about this group. Uh, they are a state-sponsored actor based in China, and their focus has typically been espionage, information gathering, that sort of thing. But uh, the real worry here is that they are interested in developing capabilities that could disrupt uh, critical communications or possibly other infrastructure um, especially in Asia. So, uh, you know, leading up to what I think a lot of people kind of assume at some point is going to be Chinese military action in Taiwan. And so we saw in, I don't know, 2021 or so, there had been some targeting of critical infrastructure in Guam, uh, as well as elsewhere in the United States by this group. And so, uh, their campaign seems to have been, Targeting organizations like communications, manufacturing, utility, transportation, construction, maritime, government, information technology, and education. That's all according to Microsoft. Um, And uh, the group's pretty sophisticated. They seem to be um, getting into networks and then living off the land to keep uh, detectability low. So they, they, you know, quietly steal credentials. exfiltrate that data again sort of quietly there part of what they are famous for is um, targeting and compromising uh, like small office and home office or so-called Soho network equipment so these are kind of like the routers that we have at home or that a small business would have Um, but they're but because they're Soho they're like trendier that's correct they they look a lot better than the other routers Good, good good yeah yeah. Uh, but, and something we did discuss at some point on the podcast, uh, I feel like it was last summer-ish, but um, I could be wrong on the timeline, was when there were uh, vulnerabilities in Fortinet devices. And indeed, uh, those have been one of the, uh, one of the incursion vectors um, that this botnet has, seems to have used. So... Um, anyway, they have established a lot of presence and, um, when you think about anything that is aiming to disrupt critical infrastructure, of course, that's very attention getting. And, uh, that's the kind of thing that will lead a court to authorize a takedown of a botnet like this one. And and what exactly did the takedown encompass? Well, again, this is an area oh, where... Oh, right. We don't, we we don't, don't know have, everything. Well, we, yeah, we know a little bit. I mean, apparently they, um, they were able to basically sort of boot them out of, at, at a large scale of a lot of these compromised uh, home network devices. And so that's sort of interesting, right? I mean, it makes you wonder, well, okay, so was CISA or somebody from the government actually like 
logging into people's routers and cleaning them up for them. I don't know uh, to what level it goes. I, I assume that a big part of it probably had to do with getting command and control and taking out uh, C2. So let's go with that uh, likely, um, you know, that's where you're going to get the most bang for the buck, right? If you can take down the controller that's controlling the thousands of bots rather than touching the thousands of compromised devices themselves, uh, then that's where you're going to get the most bang for the buck. So I think it's it's very likely that that was the method of disruption. I also think that, you know, they are, uh, they meaning the government folks that were involved in this, are too smart to put up a big mission accomplished banner and declare that this uh, group will never have any uh, efficacy again. This is an ongoing thing. Of course, they're going to try to bounce back from it, I saw a uh, an article a couple days ago that suggested, at least as of when that article was written, Volt Typhoon does not seem to have made a big uh, comeback um, so far, which is a good thing. But uh, I, this is probably not the last we will have heard of them. Boo! <laughs> <laughs> totally. That that all stands to reason. Um, so how has, you know, the Chinese foreign ministry and the Chinese embassy responded to this news, um, as well as, you know, previous, you know, accusations? Well, it reminded me a little bit of a, a fictional character. I don't know if you ever watched the series Madam Secretary, but uh, the Chinese foreign minister, Minister Chen, in that series was a great character. And uh, he really epitomized the kind of florid language that you often see um, from the Chinese foreign ministry about uh, how this is sort of an outrageous overreach and uh, it's the U.S. that's responsible for uh, for all of the hacking and, and cybercrime and whatnot, not China, of course. So it's the sort of posturing that you would expect. Uh, no big surprises there. Um, and, uh, according to the official Chinese government line, of course, China doesn't take part in any of these kinds of nefarious activities. They're just trying to, you know, be the uh, marketplace for the world. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of, as I was reading the article myself, I'm like, oh, okay, so just like a lot of finger pointing basically. Oh yeah. Yeah, that uh, you know, and and that surprised exactly no one. I mean, yeah. you probably could have just about set a countdown timer to when the uh, when those um, uh, sort of counter accusations were going to come out, and you probably could have written a pretty decent script for what they were going to say and and been pretty close. This is yeah. just this is routine stuff. Gotcha. So I'll I'll end with this. It'll be more of a speculative question on your on your end, Tim. But you know, this article notes that the Biden administration has been focusing on ransomware because of the havoc it's wreaked on corporate America, you know, in the recent years. And with this being an election year, do you think, you know, regardless of the outcome of the election, will this initiative continue into 2025, regardless of, you know, who we see enter the White House? What a good question. Um, you I like the tough so. questions. <laughs> That's right. We do. Well, and Clearly, you know, the folks at CISA are really dedicated to dealing with this problem. And there's the larger ransomware task force that we've talked about in this uh, podcast that is also doing some really good work. So to the extent that CISA is given some latitude to fulfill its charter, 
I think you'll continue to see a lot of fighting against ransomware. However, you know, we've seen hmm, maybe political firings of heads of CISA uh, crabs. Um, and so who knows whether they will be given all of that latitude. And especially if you had an administration that was uh, overtly friendly toward uh, other nations <coughs> that um, take part in a lot of ransomware campaigns, you could see, uh, and I sure hope we don't, but you could see a lessening of the emphasis on this. So uh, it remains to be seen, but, uh, you know, I have a ton of faith in CISA themselves, and um, it. I think a lot of it comes down to how much autonomy they have um, should the... Uh, should power change. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's a great answer. Thank you. Um, maybe just a follow-up to that. I don't know if, uh, if either of you had a chance to listen to last week's episode where we were joined by, you know, our colleague, Austin Northcutt. Um, and I did uh, actually, that was yeah. a great episode. Oh, excellent. Okay. So, so, you know, our guest, um, Yelisey Bohoslavsky had set, given his prediction that, this is the last year for ransomware. Like, what do you think about that? That was like, that was such a that prediction was an for audacious me. prediction. Yeah, uh, and I I loved it because to hear somebody that spent this amount of time focusing on it, um, to hear them say that is uh, that's a bold statement to make, and so I'm I'm totally supportive of it. Do I think that's actually going to play out? I think. My guess would be a milder version of his prediction is what we might see. Um, I don't think it's just going to go away. Uh, you know, you still you still have people paying ransoms. Uh, it's still happening. Commodity type ransomware is still hitting smaller organizations um, at a unfortunate clip. So uh, the people that are making that money are not going to just uh, turn off that tap. I don't think so. Um, but will we see a decrease in it? He made a good case for why maybe we will. So we'll have to see. Yeah, it was such a, it was a wild prediction. You know, in my opinion, I'm like, I have to ask everybody about this now. Yeah. <laughs> what, what do you think? What do you think? Listener, what do you think? <laughs> but seriously, we are on all social media. So hit us up with your thoughts on that prediction. But all right. Thank you so much, Tim, for, for walking us through this article. I kind of think, you know, given that it's a takedown, we normally do a hoodie rating at the end of these, but this is probably more of a goodie, wouldn't you say? Or am I, I off I, am I off base? <laughs> you know, it's a hoodie no, that you're not off base. A goodie that implies hoodies. <laughs> that... <laughs> it's like yeah. yeah, I don't I don't know how you I don't know what that yeah, looks like exactly. It's sort of a hybrid, right? Because the it's absolutely a goodie that this takedown happened. Um, but the threat by from this group, as I was saying, probably isn't over. And uh they've been they've been knocked down, but have they been knocked out? I'm not gonna count on that. Do you so. do you think they're gonna chumbawamba? <laughs> I see what you did there. I know. I was sort of thinking of that song as I said that. Um, Do they like a whiskey they, drink? They, that might be what they're playing uh, nonstop at their uh, uh, their developers. Yeah. I don't know. So it is a... But let's go with the goodies. You know, yeah. who doesn't want a nice warm chocolate chip goodie? Let's focus yeah. on that aspect. It's Monday. <laughs> yeah. For sure. And I'm hungry. I'm going eight, eight? chocolate chip goodies fresh eight? out of the oven. 
Wow. And they're, you know, my kind of chocolate chip goodies have a little bit of cinnamon in them. It's kind of that Mexican chocolate effect. Ooh. Come and get them. Get some Perfect. chili, get a little chili pepper in there. Oh, that's, yeah, that's adventurous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a purist myself, but I don't know. That cinnamon sounds good. <laughs> Tay-Tay, what, what are you thinking? Uh, I'm going to go right down the middle. I'm going to go exactly five goodies. Five goodies. Yeah. No, no, uh, half or a, this is a rare, like Thanos, like just balanced all things equal. <laughs> okay. Five cookies. That means somebody is getting like, if it's, you know, between the three of us, you know, there's extra cookies and somebody's not getting one. <laughs> you know, right. We've got a prime number of cookies. We yeah. could just leave them out for anyone who needs one when they come by later, right? Like That's very yeah. generous of you. Yeah. Okay. We'll take it. <laughs> Excellent. All right. And then I guess uh, we, we put the cart before the horse on the whole goody hoodie scale. Uh, if you are a newer listener, you know, first of all, thank you for listening. But at the end of, you know, our conversations, we like to rate the story. Usually it's hoodies because we're talking about attacks. Uh, we're talking about how severe that attack is on a scale of one to 10 hoodies. If you can picture a hacker in a hoodie, it's usually that stereotype. But, you know, when we have days like today, we flip it over to the goodie scale where we uh, give one to 10, 10 being the best uh, number of goodies. And we like to visualize a nice warm cookie, uh, which is what we just did. So uh, thank you. Tim for walking us through that article and your goodies and thank you for Tay yours as well. We're going to take a quick break and when we come back we're going to talk about our next article which is Certificate of Participation which uh, surrounds that AnyDesk story that, that we've been seeing recently so stay tuned and we will be right back. Hey there Breaking Badness listener Tim from the team here wishing you a fine morning, afternoon, evening or overnight. Whenever it is that you listen, we're glad that you do. And since we don't advertise the show with billboards or inflatable dancing tube men or matchbooks, will you consider helping spread the word as a Breaking Badness agent in the world? We would be honored if you did. And along with that, if you're enjoying the show, will you take a minute or two, maybe even while the second half is playing, to give us a quick rating and even a review on your favorite podcast platform? Thanks in advance, and now let's get back to the episode. And we're back. Woo! 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 Hmm. Anybody have oh, any cookies? Oh, those goodies were tasty. Oh, yeah? Excellent. Mm, yeah. I, Feeling better now. My goodies are currently Valentine goodies that, like, that I literally made over the weekend. And I found out that the Cupid, because, you know, this is coming out around Valentine's Day. No, this is coming out on Valentine's Day. Hey, <laughs> happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Happy Valentine's Day. Yeah. Uh, my Cupid cookies are not load-bearing cookies. Mm. <laughs> He's a wee uh, lad. Were, were you, were you <clears throat> building some kind of a structural uh, sculpture? Well, it's like, you know, it's a, a cookie cutter of, you know, Cupid holding a heart. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the... It, it cuts nicely, but then when you go to pick up that cookie, that heart is falling right off. Right. Well, that's because you make your cookies well. You know, if you made cookies that came out like old shoe leather, then it would probably hang together, but it wouldn't be the cookie that everybody wants to eat. 
I mean, it's still a delicious cookie. It's just like, oh no, Cupid's not holding mm-hmm. holding his heart, which is sad. He's a little cherub. You know? <laughs> I'm asking a lot. You of need him. some kind of a delicious substrate to put them on. That's true. Yeah, and it's just like I made five cupids. All five of them are not. They are not holding those hearts. <laughs> so don't yes. read anything into it. I won't. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to, but kind of now I will, maybe. <laughs> but it is an almond sugar cookie topped with delicious raspberry cream frosting. Yes, please. Yes. This week on on baking on on baking 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 badness baking badness baking goodness <laughs> baking goodness flip it around yeah baking yeah goodness. we're not hmm. that's a good but we we should talk we again we should talk about we should talk about some infosec as that is why we are gathered around the mic today but we are gonna we're gonna talk about we're gonna switch gears and talk about AnyDesk with certificate of participation so. The story we're talking about is AnyDesk confirming that it suffered a recent cyber attack that allowed hackers to gain access to the company's production systems. Woof. Woof, indeed. So, so Taylor, the name of this organization might give away what they do. Yeah. But, but, but for anybody that doesn't know, what, what is AnyDesk? Oh, boy. So AnyDesk is uh, remote desktop software. Uh, it's something that you could in- have someone install on a machine that would give you the ability to view their remote desktop. Um, so you could do remote hands work, um, can be used to like, you know, maybe help uh, help an elderly family member with doing something on the internet, or uh, it could be used by scammers to <laughs> uh do the exact opposite of that with the same person <laughs> uh which is also shockingly common unfortunately um but yeah AnyDesk is uh they've been around for a while uh based out of Germany and they do yeah kind of remote access software uh which is kind of a, a bit of a, a, a like a a gold mine for threat actors oh dear um yeah <laughs> so AnyDesk first learned of this attack or first learned of the attack after detecting indications uh, of an incident on their production service. But we do, do we know, did they list what any of those indications were? Or is it more of a secret? I, this is, yeah, this is um, very secretive. <laughs> keep it secret, keep it safe. Now, uh, there's but not see, a whole lot of information from, uh, from any desk aside from <laughs> uh, like, like a Leslie Nielsen, like nothing to see here. Kind of <laughs> a statement uh and look again i have a lot of sympathy uh for the folks on the other side of this right this is not we're not taking shots at anybody here right um they this is very serious that that they're they may be working with the best information that they have but yes uh from what uh we understand they kind of shut their signing servers down for a couple of days like everyone was like hey what's going on here and then they announced say a breach and like hey our signing certificates were gone we have new signing certificates go and get the new stuff uh go and grab the latest version of this um you know we don't and they also were very like hey we don't think anything happened to the older versions of it which again very um the very measured language that they're using to describe it and the timing for when these things have kind of come out, but there was like, Oh, it just happened that they could announce this on a Friday afternoon. Very convenient. Friday nights are for fighting. 
<laughs> for the IR. So they're like, hey, we've engaged the IR team from CrowdStrike, uh, which you know you may recognize from the Super Bowl commercial last night. I did see that Super Bowl commercial? <laughs> yeah, I did see a uh, CrowdStrike ad during the brief time that I was watching the game yesterday. Yep, yep, they they did it, and uh, <laughs> it seems like they have a new slogan now. What was it again? I just I, like I can only remember the concept. breaches or something like that. Okay, yeah, I was. I can only remember the concept of the commercial, which was cool. That's always the risk when you do these high concept Super Bowl ads is that nobody remembers what the product was. But also yeah. remember, I was knitting during this because you know I'm internally eighty years old. Well, is it a you, sign you for were knitting and? Other people were, you know, trying to keep the seven-layer dip from falling off their chips. I mean, there was a lot of distraction going there's on. A, yeah, You're there's not a the lot. only one that was distracted okay. at that okay. moment. I think it's safe to say. Okay, cool, cool, cool. That actually brings me to another a question I had for you, Taylor, is, um, you know, it seems that AnyDesk was very swift in response to this attack. You know, seeing the indications of the incident, conducting a security audit, um, activating the plan with CrowdStrikes, is, is, are there any steps missing or... Do you feel like you this know, was handled aptly? I, again, with the information we have, it it's kind of impossible to tell. Um, Swift is, you know, there's there's a couple of week time frame here um, where you have threat actors in the network that apparently have, you know, control of the signing certificate. Um, they also forced everyone, they killed everyone's user sessions and forced everyone to reset all their passwords. Um, which, again, look, they did all the, the from their side. It, they definitely seems like they did the right things after finding out they had been this had happened. Uh, you know, I think that their statements are super measured. When they're coming out is also super measured. Uh, and so, you know, it, it's one of those things where like there just may be more shoes to drop here uh, because even you know since we. Like on this past Friday, they kind of announced a little, a little bit more information. Like, hey, we think they were here from this time to this time. So, you know, more of like, hey, they kind of expanded the time frame for it and the scope for it a little bit <laughs> in their second uh, comment. And so they're kind of revising their statement a little bit without like, you know, you kind of got to read between the lines here, which is not always a great place to be if you're a customer of AnyDesk. And do, do we know what was stolen and if and if the attack involved ransomware? So they're very specific in saying it did not involve ransomware, which is like, that's very like, okay, um, maybe <laughs> like, okay. Uh, that's they're very specific in saying that it did not involve ransomware. Um, you know, past that, you know, you, I guess at that point you're thinking of your more kind of APT ish threats, um, and folks that are more interested in information or your threats that are interested in um, kind of burrowing into supply chain stuff um, like we've seen with like 3CX and, and other such things over last year. Okay, gotcha. And that's why I asked that leading question. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's also probably worth remembering that ransomware is made up of a bunch of different components that you could see in all kinds of different events. And um, it only becomes ransomware if and when the actor demands a ransom for getting the data back or getting the devices released or whatever that is. And so they may have done a lot of stages that look really similar to ransomware without literally demanding the ransom. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's only ransomware if it's from the ransomware region of France. It's true. Yeah. yeah otherwise, otherwise, it's just, it's a... just sparkling malware. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a varietal. <laughs> 
So, so AnyDesk in a statement uh, said that there's no evidence of the end user's devices being affected by the incident. But, you know, like you said, we'll probably still continue to see shoes dropping. So is, is that... Oh, look, I hope not. That would be great if, if this was it. If it was, you know, there was kind of a limited thing. Just the scope of access you would need to get to get to that production signing key and security sign. That just is, it seems really bad to me. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So this kind of brings us into our hoodie rating for for this particular story. And this one is is a hoodie, not a goodie, right? Yes, that is unambiguous. We are hoodied up. (laughs) We are hoodied up for sure. Um, Zip up hoodie in particular. So um, so Taylor, since since you shared your thoughts, um, Tim, what are you thinking hoodie wise? It's hard to know on this one because for what Taylor was just saying, we keep talking about shoes dropping. I'm glad I'm indoors right now because it seems <laughs> like it, it could be raining sneakers here any minute. Uh, I, I'm going to actually, I'm going to go down the middle on this one because I can't really tell. Um, so I'm going to say five hoodies, which is just a hedge. Um, and uh, if if it turns out that end user devices have been affected, then then maybe it, you know, depending on uh, how easy it is or not to wrest back control of these things, then that could make it sound like higher hoodies. And if uh, any desk has really nipped it in the bud and um, end users are not affected, then that augurs for a lower hoodie count. So I'm just I'm hedging with five. Gotcha. Okay. What about you, Tay? Do you feel similarly? Oof. I, this is one where if you are an AnyDesk customer, this is an 11 out of 10. <laughs> if you, like, it just is. Like if you've got AnyDesk running in your environment, um, you know, you're like, they don't know what happens. They know that someone owned their like certificate and could essentially build things that you would accept as theirs in your environment. Um, that's really, really bad. <laughs> so yeah, AnyDesk customers, uh, this is like, uh, you know, this is the five alarm fire for sure. For the you know for the rest of us, what does this mean? You know, probably not a whole heck of a lot. You know, it's a bummer. I think AnyDesk, you know, they've taken actions in the past against scammers because their their software is absolutely abused for that. So you know, I, I want to give them some credit. Where, where maybe that's what got them targeted here. Who knows? But um, yeah, it, it, for AnyDesk customers, this is this is very urgent for for the other folks. You know, maybe you find it. In a four and a half, four point seven three five hoodies. Whoa! Yeah, we're going. We're going to what is, is that? The thousands. <laughs> <laughs> that is Miller hoodies, indeed. In, in Miller hoodies. <laughs> All right. That now that makes sense to me. But actually, um, you know, like tradition says, you have to describe what that point seven three five hoodies looks like. Yes. So take four hoodies and leave them as is. Take uh, uh, 0.375 of a hoodie and throw it into a blender, right? Okay. Blend it up. Okay. Uh, And then put that just in a bag and stuff it in the pockets of one of the other four hoodies. So it's there, but you can't even see it. Okay. I see what you did. You know what? It's like the Banksy hoodie. (laughs) Yes. A Vitamix could probably handle that. Right? Yeah. Yeah, do you remember the uh, the campaign of YouTube ads called Will It Blend? Yes. Where they would where blend they, all kinds of crazy things. They put an iPhone in there. Yes, and a yeah. golf club. 
Boy, I hope they had iCloud backup turned on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Not the golf club. (laughs) I was like, is that a smart golf club? Do we need a smart golf club? Oh, we should have talked about the smart toothbrushes. (laughs) We do not need... Oh, well, we'll get get to that. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, somebody is definitely going to talk about that that. in gold guidance and grievances is what I was... We got some grievances, baby. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so we're going to head into the gold guidance and grievances not in that order. If you are a newer listener, um, we'd like to share, you know, something good that's happening within the industry, uh, a piece of advice, and then anything that's bothering us, uh, you know, within the industry right now. Uh, but we we call it gold guidance and grievances, but we do not do it in that order because we can't leave you on that note. So so we'll start with the grievance and work our way to the good part. Um, so Tim. Uh, starting with you, what are your gold guidance and grievances not in that order? Yeah, let's dive into it. So my grievance, you may or may not have seen this story. It's probably not as big a headline as some of them out there, but apparently our friends in Canada are moving to ban the Flipper Zero tool, which of course, probably a lot of Breaking Badness listeners own or are fans of. And uh, the ostensible reason is that people may be using them to steal cars. Um Now, the Flipper Zero folks claim that any car that's newer than like 1990s technology is not going to be Flipper Zero stealable. And, you know, a person could point out that probably statistically speaking, a lot more people use coat hangers and screwdrivers to steal cars than Flipper Zeros. So, yeah, I, I would hate to see them just banned across the board. Of course, you don't like seeing people do bad things with this kind of tool. But the Flipper Zero is such an innovative, cool uh, device that... I hope our friends in Canada don't actually ban them. Uh, Guidance. Well, this is actually really similarly uh, similar to something we talked about in my story today, and that is you should patch your Fortinet devices because there is another critical vulnerability in 40OS. And uh, (laughs) we know a lot about one of the groups that's um, taking advantage of those vulnerabilities. So if you own Fortinet gear, go out there and patch. Uh, my goal is that a giant under underwater kite is generating 1.2 megawatts of electricity. So as the tides flow back and forth, the, uh, this kite, which is, has got uh, special hydrodynamic uh, shape, that's the water version of aerodynamics, um, that allows it to uh, really maximize the amount of flow that goes through the turbines uh, and generates the electricity. So I think that is pretty cool. And uh, I'm always interested in um, uh, renewable energy technologies. So um, so let's hear it for the uh, big underwater kite. That sounds really cool. Do we know what the kite wants? Uh <laughs> <laughs> just out there generating all this energy have we managed to make contact with it <laughs> yeah i don't know that would have been more fun if we yeah. had just randomly discovered it and uh yeah it's kind of cool it looks like a it almost looks like a type of airplane huh it doesn't look like a kite if you're thinking of a diamond shape and a tail with uh, yeah that is know, absolutely what i was thinking about picturing. Well, I'm thinking about benjamin franklin yeah. yeah yeah it does not look like that it doesn't have a key uh tied to one end of the string 
No. Okay. The string well, itself is probably pretty. Uh, they'll get there. Massive, so they yeah. could do better the next time around. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hundred well, percent yeah, what I was envisioning. Cool. Thanks, the Dragon Tim. Twelve, they call it. But it doesn't look like a dragon kite. No, what, no, it doesn't. That's no. a miss. They got to just, they decided to name it what they felt like naming it. That know? is the year of the dragon, though. That's true. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, Tim. Uh, Taylor, we'll, put, we'll kick it over to you for your gold guidance and grievances, not in that order. All I have are grievances. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Oops, nothing but grievances. No, I mean, the first one is definitely the IoT toothbrush thing. <laughs> That the story there was like, oh, millions of toothbrushes were uh, engaged in a in a botnet. Uh, Might have been one of yours, even. And then come to find out, it's like, well, no, someone talked about theoretically a botnet you could make with toothbrushes, and someone ran with it as a news story. <laughs> Do they? This is probably an ignorant question. Do they even? There are smart toothbrushes, though. Are there? They're smart everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like but yeah, it's Yeah, I think there are I think there are smart toothbrushes. I was looking into this a little bit because if there is the problem with this story is it is so plausible. Yeah. Uh, and so you know, a few, you know, 10 years ago it would have sounded ridiculous and today unfortunately, I mean it still sounds ridiculous but for different reasons. But you know what else is plausible is if I used a smart toothbrush and it's telling me like where to brush better or something like that, my dentist or the dental hygienist would still say I'm doing it wrong. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's kind the, of their job, I guess. That's They're like, mm, there's still room for improvement. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know what to do to make <laughs> like, it I happy. Can't, I can't see. He's like, ah, oh, you're still missing that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, the robot says I'm doing really well. <laughs> All right. But yeah, that's yeah, that's a, that that's a good one. Yeah, that was a bad one. Um, also, you can't even download uh, VMware ESXi hypervisor anymore. I, I lamented this uh, a month or so ago. But, I remember uh, this grievance earlier. Yes. yes uh, then our Broadcom corporate overlords <laughs> have, have killed even the, in, the the image anymore, which is a, that's boy, that's sad. Um anything else oh i i guess hey uh, i think it is neat for from an industry standpoint that we can have silly super bowl commercials <laughs> uh, yeah that, that are infosec related yeah you know i it just uh I, you know i think it 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 shows progress i think as an industry to have uh, even to have a silly one that um you know maybe <laughs> uh was a little a little too cinematic but <laughs> It was still yeah, <laughs> building that brand awareness. I know. Like, oh, well. But the special effects were very cool. <laughs> they were. It didn't compare to the CeraVe commercial, though, which was my favorite with Michael Sarah. That's tough, right? Because you've got that name, that name brand recognition there. And he's so funny. <laughs> CrowdStrike just needs to find someone famous named CrowdStrike, and then they're in. I think I'll just somebody just needs to legally change their name to CrowdStrike, <laughs> or they have to have a similar sounding name. Like it doesn't have to be CrowdStrike. It's like you know, like how Bubbly Loud Bike got mm. Michael Bublé. Okay, I see the vision here. Okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're on we're on the right track. Well, good. Is that that's all for today then? Right, we, we covered. It covered our articles we did our gold guidance and grievances this is great 
well, covered a lot you. of territory. I know. We 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 did it. Good for us. Yay. Yeah. All right. Well, well, thanks, Tim and Tay, for, for being here today and walking us through those stories and, and sharing your, your gold giants and grievances, as always. Thank you to our listeners. And we hope to, to see you again uh, next week for another all-new episode of Breaking Badness. Stay frosty out there. Take care, everyone. Goodbye. Bye. That's about all we have for this week. You can find us on Twitter at Domain Tools. All of the articles and IOCs mentioned today will be included in our blog post, which can be found at domaintools.com slash resources slash podcasts. Catch us every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time when we publish our podcast and blog. We'll see you next week on another episode of Breaking Badness. Until then, remember, don't drink and click.